0: Welcome to Personal Branding with Lynn, a podcast for creatives launching your side hustle or second career. If you are a new creative business owner and you're struggling to find out how you can promote yourself authentically, find your ideal customers and create a sales process that keeps customers in the pipeline, then you need a personal brand. That means if you own a business, you have a much better chance of winning people's trust If you bond with them first as a human being, and you do that by creating a personal brand. And that's the mission of this podcast. We will learn how to use a personal brand to help you launch and propel your creative business. Let's get started. Hey there, long time no chat. It's been a minute, as they say, around the way since we've gathered like this to talk about personal branding it's been several weeks quite a long time i hope you caught my update my update from a few weeks ago where i tried to explain my absence you know i had to take some time and deal with some some personal medical issues and uh and I I think they're they're much better under control now. I'd like to say, like some of my favorite DJ used to say, "I'm back and better than ever." <laughs> so thank you to so many of you who's who took the time to to stop and extend well wishes and words of support, and just took the time to to just show that you you are concerned it, when you are on this side of a microphone talking into. You know, like you don't see instant reaction from people. So you don't know who's there, who hears, or 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 who's paying attention. So to get that kind of response, I think, was, was very heartwarming. So thank you all for that. But I'm back, so let's get back to work. We were in the middle of season two when we last spoke. I feel like I should have some, some soap opera music, like when we last spoke... We were in the middle of season two, and which is our trek through a personal branding course, if you will, from start to finish. So, in episode twenty, we unpacked the definition of personal branding and what is personal branding. Branding. I set the stage there. In episode twenty-one, we talked about superfans and the magic number for six-figure business. In episode twenty-two. We set the foundation with four key decisions that you have to make. Episode 23, how to clarify your message so customers listen and engage. And then episode 24, why you need a website for your creative business. Episode 25, we talked about finding your ideal client. And that brings us, my friends, to today, episode 26. And this focus is probably one of the most important features in your personal branding journey. Because there's no more sure way to create your identity, to establish your credibility, and to attract your best customers than by creating engaging and effective Content, like content, is like a buzzword now. Everyone's talking about content, content, content. You know, back when I started my career, we didn't call it content; we just call it publishing, and or or just creating products, marketing uh, collateral, or or blogs, or newsletters, or whatever. But now we all fit it under the the neat umbrella called content, and so everyone is now telling you you have to create content. And I'm going to share today three simple strategies that will help you achieve all the things we've just talked about, establishing your identity, creating your identity, establishing your credibility, and attracting your best customers. After all, what else do you want a personal brand to do for you, right? Well, it'll do all that if you understand these three principles of creating content which we will talk about today. Are you making any of the five big personal branding mistakes? Well, there's only one way to find out. That's right, only one. And guess what? It's by taking my video series and a five-day challenge designed to not only help you discover where you might be going wrong, but arm you with the tools and information to get you back on track. Here's how it works. You go to my my, my course-ish website and you sign up with just an email and your name, and then you will have five daily challenges, and it's a short video where I'll talk about the challenge in, in, in by describing the mistake you might be making, telling you why it's important and telling you how to fix it. And then we end of that, day's cha- that day's challenge, of course, with the go do. Here's the challenge. Here's what you will do. Here's what you can do or should do to make sure you're not making that mistake again. And then, boom, you've checked off one. And then the next day, you have another uh, video challenge. And uh, with the with the mistake you could be making, with the corrections you want to make, and the challenge and action plan of what you should do next. And so that continues, of course, as you guessed it, for five days. Now, at the end of five days, you should have a pretty good handle on what big things you might have been doing wrong. But more importantly, you have a better handle of how to fix them and you should have an opportunity to fix them so you'll be in a a much better shape than when you started the five-day challenge. Now, I want you to do that. Go to um, com and uh, sign up now and take it. And then when you get done... Let me know which of the which was the big aha for you and which of the mistakes you found to be most enlightening. All right, so go to five mistakes.linmorton.com and every day you'll have access to a new lesson, a new challenge, and you can start improving your personal brand and marketing today. No cost, no catch, no commitment. Boom. <laughs> the phone started ringing, I wasn't sure what to believe. I mean, sure, I told them to call, but already? Honestly, I was in a, in a bit of a state of disbelief. This could not be happening like this. So back in my photo coaching days, I offered one-on-one coaching to help people work through specific problems. There's, they would hire me, we'd go and they would have my undivided attention for an hour or two while we worked through whatever specific problem they were uh, or challenges you were dealing with and i know a lot of people needed this kind of help because they'd pull me aside at the end of the workshops and pepper me with questions they would you could tell that they wanted they wanted help and they wanted to get one-on-one, face-to-face answers to all their questions. And so I created this product that I thought, you know, here's something that can help people with the problems I know they're struggling with. But nobody was buying it. I mean, I had a couple, I had a few bookings here and there. Um, It was really haphazard, but nothing consistent with the need that I thought I saw from my customer base. And I, I was at home scratching my head one day thinking, this is so weird. Why aren't you know they calling? And then I, it dawned on me, why don't I create this video to explain better what I'm doing? On a whim, I got my camera, I went and I stood in front of it and I created this video called, Why They Called. And in the video, I told the story of three different people who had booked me in the past. We talked about the problem, why they called, hence the title. We talked about how we resolved it in in our time together. And then we talked about, you know, what they took away from the day. And so. I, 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 I told those three stories and, and weaved them together in a video with a, with a short promotion and sent it out. Whatever. We'll see if this works. Something's got to give, right? And by the end of the day, I had my phone was ringing. Four people called and booked. By the end of the weekend, I had, you know, I had double that. And my goodness, in two days, I'd booked more than I had in... The month before that, and so I continued to update that video over time and with with new problems and new stories and and it be, it increased i it increased the feedback so that I had a steady stream of one on one clients. Now, why is that? Now when I took a step back and I really examined what had happened, I realized that there were three lessons embedded in that situation and that video promo, and that can help us in our strive to also create content that makes our ideal customers call. Now, how do you create content that motivates your ideal customer to pick up the phone and call you to take action on your promotion, to refer their friends and families, you can you create a content strategy based on three elements. Be helpful, one, two, wrap your helpfulness in stories, and three, keep your stories focused on the outcome you want. Let's unpack them. First, before we go and get, get into them, do you have a content strategy? So you might not even think that's important right now. Like, what's a content strategy? Why would I even need to do that? I'm just going to go out and create more content. And I'm going to push back gently and say that you need a content strategy because your greatest, greatest enemy when you start creating content is this thing called randomness. Now, randomness means that you are just creating content haphazardly. It doesn't lead anywhere specific, doesn't have a goal in mind, a goal in mind, and you are just wasting time. Now, you've heard that someone needs to hear from you seven times before they actually resonate or pick up on you or pay attention, and they need to hear almost 22 times before they're convinced to act. But, what you don't hear in that is that not just any random seven or any random 22 will get you there you know you have to have those seven and 22 with with the same message so that there's repetition and there's a chance for them to hear it and for it to stick or the messages have to build on each other and take you somewhere down the path or on a journey but if you just have content that goes out and you know, doesn't really try to do anything, then it's random, and randomness is the devil, if I could say it so plainly. And so you want to create a a content strategy. Now, the content strategy, as we said, is going to be based on three elements. And the first one we said was to be helpful. That is the foundation of all great content. What problem are you trying to solve for your audience? Because your content strategy is gonna support people on both sides of that question. People who are seeking solutions to their problems and those who are using your product or service to solve those problems. So it all wraps around problems and their problems and solving. Now we've talked about this in past issues and past episodes of this podcast. If you followed along, this is not going to be a surprise to you. You have a business when you solve a problem for someone and they're willing to pay you to solve that problem enough for you to make a profit. Boom, there is a business. And so now the the more clear you are about the problem you solve, the better your content can be. And there's no more uh, surefire way of doing that than by using your content to answer questions that people ask you over and over. I've to- I told you before, when I taught my workshops, if I heard the same question three times, I-, I-, I went off and I made content to answer the question. So the next time I heard that question from someone, I can say, Oh, by I could say, and oh, by the way, I also have a podcast episode where I dig into that and spend a half hour answering the question for you. Or I have a blog post that you can read where, you know, I have, you know, delved into that some more. And so that ability to create content to answer the question, not only answers questions for people who might be searching for it, and then you pop up as a credible source, but it also, when you're talking with someone, you can point to something that you've done, a definitive answer on the topic, boy. That boosts your credibility as well, because they can go and and see that you you know what you're talking about. And so, and so, what question are you know what you know, what problem are you trying to solve? Now there's an often told story about a guy named Marcus in Virginia, who now calls himself the Sales Lion. And back in 2009, when 2008, 2009, when the the economy went down, Marcus had a a, a pool, a river pool, a pool installation company called River Pools and Spas. Now it was a 20 employee company that installed in-the-ground fiberglass pools in Virginia and Maryland. And when the economy took a nosedive, he had a decline in orders from an average of six per month, and these are $50,000 a pop, by the way. And that winter, we had four customers who planned to install pools call and ask for their deposits back. And for, for he went from an average of six per month to barely two, and he says that for three consecutive months his company overdrew its bank account. So he had the moment of decision. He had to do something to turn it around, or he would have to file for bankruptcy. And that's when Marcus said he decided that he he was going to address every question his customers had, even the difficult ones, and he was going to in, in, he was going to address them in content on his website. And 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 simple things like how much does it cost that and that's a question he says that no one really wants to answer there. They want to go, well, what's your budget? or they want to go, it depends, and and try and get folks on a phone call. And but he said he answered that with, okay, here's a range of costs and it can hear the things that might um might impact that and 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 just the fact that even though it wasn't a precise answer it was an answer and so when people google to find out he's the only one who showed up and he showed up as an authoritative source, and so he continued to do that with with all kinds of questions why why is fiberglass versus another kind of material? why this versus that? He went through everything and he he answered them. He even had a ranking system of the best poop guys in the industry, and he didn't make himself first because he wanted to he wanted to make sure that he had credibility in his list and it didn't seem like a an obvious hack job. And so even though he didn't rank himself first, people still called him because he had the content there. Now, that's crazy. So what Marcus said he found out is that if someone reads 30 pages on my Riverpool's website and we go on a sales call appointment, they buy 80% of the time. And the industry average for sales appointments is 10%. He is 70% over the industry average. And so the whole marketing campaign revolves around getting people to stick around and read our stuff. Because the longer they stay in our site, the greater the chance they're going to fall in love with our company. There it is, folks. That's That's the magic sauce. If you are creating content that is helpful, that that makes them fall in love with your company. You know, it, the 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 opportunity for you to close a sale or close the deal or begin a relationship or whatever it is you're trying to do just goes up so much, almost exponentially. Jay Baer wrote a book about it. Now, Jay Baer wrote a book called Utility. Y-O-U, and it's called Why Smart Marketing is About Help, Not Hype. And so Jay says, there are only two ways for companies to break through in an environment that's unprecedented in its competitiveness. They can be amazing or they can be useful. Instead of betting all your money on amazing what if you instead relied on a simple universal method of marketing and business to success and one that's never been more important or easier to accomplish what if instead of trying to be amazing you just forced yourself to be useful what if you decided to inform rather than promote you know the expression if you give a man a fish you feed him for a day if you teach a man the fish you feed him for a lifetime well the same is true for marketing. And he goes on to say, in a world where every prospective customer is facing an invitation avalanche, where every business is asking people to follow their tweets, read their blogs, watch their videos, you must resist the temptation to communicate solely and endlessly about your company, hoping for a quick sale. Helping can replace selling, or at the very least, reduce the friction within that sales transaction. Now, why is that? Ah, you established credibility. This is what we talked about before. It's it's why uh, Marcus and his sales team when they went out, they had such a ho- much higher closing rate because they had the credibility went through the roof when someone engaged with their content and were, and they educated them. So you can educate people and you can help them to understand the issues around your product. You can help them to to figure out why they should buy and when they should buy. And and even when it doesn't seem like it works in your favor, if you continue to educate as an honest broker in the long run, it works for you. So. Be helpful. So here uh, here, uh, here is what this looks like in some practical terms, so Marcus has a challenge for business owners who want to do the same thing. so he says step one, write down at least seven reasons why someone would not want to buy from you, assuming they know you exist, seven reasons why they would not buy from you assuming they knew you exist, and then of those seven, how many of them have you addressed in your website, on your website, in social media, hmm? See, your goal now is to go and address all seven of those items on your website and in your, on your, in your blog and in your social media posts. So write down your seven reasons why someone would not want to do business with you and then address each of those reasons with content. Now, he says there are five elements that companies should all have in their website. Cost. How much should it cost or how, how should they evaluate cost? Two, you know, the problems that they might have and how they might address them. Is it true that this is not a beginner's camera? Well, it is. And so here's another one that might be perfect for you. So this is how you help them deal with their problems of evaluating. Number three, comparisons. How long does the the battery last on this phone compared to another phone? We see that all the time. Reviews. We tested, you know, this car over a month and here's what we learned about it. Oh, my goodness. YouTube is just, you know, where you go to get reviews like this. And then the best of. You know, what's the best Tex-Mex restaurant in your town? So whatever it is, what's the best of? Because, you know, people Google for that. What's the best XXX? You have content that answers that, answers that question. Then you have an opportunity to show up. So that's number one. Be helpful. Number two, you have to wrap your helpfulness in stories. It's not enough to be helpful. Now this is where you have to be entertaining and interesting. You wrap it in a story. Why? Because we are hardwired to connect with stories and to remember stories and recall stories. And and boy, stories are, are the one thing that can help move us to action. Amy Porterfield who is an online um, business, um, well, she's an, she, she, she has a, a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy and she, and, and she teaches online classes. She says, can I let you in on a little secret? When I use personal stories in any content in my business, whether it's a social media post, a podcast, email, or anything else, my audience loves it. They respond with their own stories and how they can relate. Our email open rates increase and the response is clearly positive. And so wrapped in there is a little nugget. Because when you tell your story and it's relevant to your audience, they connect with it. You know, and and they they can relate to it, and then they relate back in their own similar stories, and so now you've made this connection, which is so important when you're trying to do your your marketing. You're looking for that connection, and nothing helps get you there more surely than stories. April Fanks was a preo Fanks, I think, is how you pronounce her name. She was also on. On Amy's uh, podcast, and I'll I'll share a link to it in the in the on this on this show notes. But she she shares an exercise because you might be thinking, you know, my experiences and my stories aren't that interesting to anyone. I don't know if anybody would even care about half the stuff that that goes on with me, and and how is that even relevant to anyone else's? problems or business, and, you know, you might talk yourself out of thinking, you know, sharing your own personal stories, and for that, she says, here's an exercise you can do. Write down for each decade of of your life, you know, three instances or three things that were significant that happened to you for each decade, and then for each one of those instances, you want to identify what was the feeling associated with it, what was the lesson you learned, and then what was the outcome? So, for each, you are going to talk about. You're going to list on the feeling, how you felt at the time, the lesson you learned, and what was the outcome. So, in each of these, you will have a, you will have a feeling, a lesson, and outcome. Now, take get a pencil and paper and write this stuff down, or type it out, or however you, you you get stuff out. And so, you will have now a bank of. Potential stories to weave into your own, your own um content. So the next time you're sharing a crafting content, you can pull for one of them because this is what's going to make your stories relevant to your audience. Not just that you tell a story, but you you can share the lesson learned and the outcome. It's like my initial story. I talked about uh, when I, my my phone wasn't ringing, and that made me really, you know, frustrated, and so you know, I devised this this uh, video. And when the phone started ringing, I was in disbelief at first. That was my feeling, and I learned that by telling those stories, people connected with it and resonated, and they started. Um, calling me. And that was the outcome. I booked more people because I did that. And so now the, out- the further outcome is that here I am sharing that story with you. So if you have a specific launch or something you're working on, and you know, it's going to help your community, you've got to ask yourself in that process, which story goes with this best. And now you can pick from that um, that bank of stories that you started to create. And then as things continue to happen, you can also put that framework over it. What's the feeling? What's the lesson? What's the outcome? And work more stories into your content. Now, the telling of the story, how do you do that? Well, there's a there's a framework, and this is loosely based on donald miller's work he 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 wrote a book called Story Brand, and in it he talked about how you wrap your communications into the story framework and he said this is the way all stories are told in every movie you've seen in hollywood there, there, it follows uh, several principles and so he in his book he really broke it down to a minute level but Here are the big, broad themes that you should always know. One, once upon a time, you begin your story by introducing your main characters. Now, here's the thing that you want to make sure that you get, and he hammers this in. The hero of your story is not you, and it's not your product, and it's not your service. The hero is your customer. The customer should always be the hero. You are merely a guide helping the customer to get to what they want. If you if you position the customers, the hero of your story, boom, it works every time. And so you introduce your customer or the the character of your story by highlighting the problem that needs to be solved. And then two, you look at the path of the main character. So now that you've established your beginning, you showcase, you know, what the day is like, like what are the prompts that bring them to this, this problem. Okay. The moon, and then you focus on the main drives and the main emotions, like how do they feel about this? What makes them frustrated about it? And if they got through what will make them, you know, elated? How will they feel then? How will the struggle impact them? So you're thinking about that. Now every story has story has a villain. So what stands in direct opposition of your main character? You know, Donald Miller says that unless there is is something that they need to work through or get around or go over there's no, there's no tension. And, and so the story is boring. And so, so what is, you know, the villain? And so you think you'll, you'll talk about that. And then there's the battle of good versus evil. He, he, he talks about reframing, not just the, the implicit problem, but if you can get it, I'm going to, if you can take it to a bigger level, like us versus them, you know, the, the, the the bad guy that we can all agree on that we must, you know, um, attack. So, um, you know, if you take a stand on an issue, who's on the other side? So that whole, if you can position that, then that's a a very powerful storytelling um, tool. And then the resolution. What's the happy ending? How did the customer solve the problem? Remember I said that, you know you're talking about the problem from from two sides you know the people who are trying to solve it and the people who have solved it using your your solution and so the resolution is where you would talk about that and so you have that whole arc of storytelling um that you see in every hollywood movie it's based on you know, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. If you want to look, dig into that, maybe I'll add a link to the on, on the, on the on our page for this blog post, episode 26. So if you want to dig into any more of that, now a couple more tips. Your story can be any size to fit any format. Shorter stories play well in quick videos and social media posts. Medium format stories you can use in emails where you can take your time and and you know work work your way through it and and then you can have longer storytelling in in events like uh like workshops and or um workshops or online webinars or things like that. Your story can be broken into smaller bite size so you can you can spread it out over several emails so. It over, you know, in several episodes of a blog post. So you don't have to put it all in one. And sometimes that serial approach keeps people engaged and involved longer and gives them more um, involved in your story so that the payoff is even more impactful. Now, the story components don't have to be in order. I started my story in the middle the phone rang and i i was in disbelief and then i went back to the beginning and told you where you know how we got there you see this a lot in in popular stories i'm binge watching right now the crown which is the story of of the the royals in in england and and a lot of the, the episodes will start with, like there was one in particular, and I, if you're going to watch it, I don't want to blow it for you, but it starts with um, pr- uh, Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth II at what seems to be an impasse in their marriage, saying this is not working, how are we going to make this work, or do we want to? And then from there, it cuts and it goes back to they were both in a happy time and told a story uh, that led up to that point and how they went from being so in love to the point where they're both sitting on the couch saying, how are we going to make this work? So you don't have to do it in chronological order, but think about how you can rearrange it at times to make it more compelling. And of course, You gotta weave in your authentic ask for whatever you're going for into your story so that you can make it actually more strategic and work for you. And that leads us to number three. Keep your stories focused on the outcome you want, right? So Cole Schaefer, who runs a small creative writing shop called The Honey Copy, he says he works with with brands of all shapes and sizes, writing words that read like poetry and sell like Ogilvy. Ogilvy was an advertising master back in the day. And so he says, here's how your storytelling content is different from just telling stories. Let's say you pick up a novel by Ernest Hemingway or J.K. Rowling, and by the end of that book, You know, they told you a very good story and they've entertained you. So there's not a goal or specific action that they're hoping for you to do after you've read the book. I mean, you you know, you don't read Harry Potter and go out and buy a wand or a wizard. You just read it and, wow, it's a great story. And you might even turn into a raving fan. But that's all it is. Whereas with content, anytime you sit down to create You have to have an action in mind that you want your reader or consumer of your content content to do after experiencing your content. And a lot of times that's where content creators screw up because there's never what's called a call to action. What should I do next? So you write a long blog post, a long email, video, whatever. And at the bottom, at the end, the person is scratching their head wondering, okay, that's fun, but what should I do? And so you always wanna go into it with with that purpose in mind so that you can be intentional about leading them there to the thing you want them to do. So even before you ask, you already have led them down the path. And so by the time you ask, it, it becomes a no brainer. This is what Stephen Covey and his seven habits of highly effective people called begin with the end in mind. What do you want to accomplish? So if you think about that, if you think about that and you are working toward that, it takes you back to where we started. It gets rid of the randomness and allows you to create content that is so useful. You've led them there. And if you what you want them to do is pick up the phone and call. (laughs) you've led them there and you've told them to do it. And so you ought not be surprised when they call. Remember, be helpful, wrap your helpfulness helpfulness in stories and keep your stories focused on the outcome you want. And again, don't be surprised when they call. Wow, thanks again for joining me for episode 26. Yeah, we dug through a lot in that episode. (laughs) I ended up dealing with a lot more than I thought I would when I first conceived of this episode. But I think it was stuff that should be helpful for you um, as you start to create content and try and make it the kind that will be so compelling that your customers will pick up the phone and call you or do whatever it is you want them to do. Now, if you want to learn more on content and content creation, go on back to episode nine. And that's where I talked about how to create content for your brand. And I get into more specifics about actually going through and creating the you know the, the nuts and bolts of creating content for your specific brand. All right? So that's episode nine, how to create content for your brand. And then remember to take the five-day challenge. That's 5mistakes.LynnMorton.com and you can find out if you're making one of the big personal branding mistakes, you can find out how to fix it and then you'll have the action plan to go ahead and make it happen. All right? Thank you so much again for being you know a part of this family and thank you for coming back and joining me after that that little hiatus um looking forward to now sprinting to the end of this season two and because i'm i i'm really excited about season three i've got a whole different um direction and more good stuff for us to learn and, and more engaging storytelling right so if you like it remember as with all podcasts, to go out and rate and review and refer. That's right. Go to Apple Podcasts and give it a rate rating uh, consistent with how much you love us. And then you can write a, a review there. And then if you know another creative who is on the journey to create a personal brand for their second career or side hustle or to launch a new product, you know, um, let them know about this podcast, all right? So that we can continue to share the love and get more people also down the 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 pathway of creating a really great and effective personal brand. All right. That's it for me. I will talk to you again next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Personal Branding with Lynn. If you took something helpful from today's episode that you plan to put into practice, I'd love to hear about it. Please let me know and share it with our listening friends. We'd love to encourage and support you along your path. Leave a comment wherever you heard this or at Personal Branding with Lynn, either on Facebook or or on Instagram. Don't forget you can subscribe at linmorden.com forward slash subscribe and share this episode with another creative business owner. That's it for now. Let's get together next Monday and do it all over again. Good luck this week. Cheers.